0: Good to see everyone. Uh, Grab your handouts, your Bibles, whatever you're reading Scripture on, and get ready uh, to to listen this morning as we dive into the message. But but just before we get there, I want to take a a moment periodically here at Christ Church. We just take some time before the the message to have a family moment. So I want to spend some time just as a family moment. If you're here visiting, you can listen in. We're glad you're here. But uh, I want to give you a little bit of information just related to what's going on in the family. First of all, I want to remind you, remember to be here tonight at 6.30 for our worship night. You're not going to want to miss that. Besides, it's going to be raining and cold outside. There's nothing else to do but to be here, right? So be here tonight at 6.30 for worship. That'll be an incredible time tonight together. I told you last week I would announce this morning what you have given for our greatest, or not our greatest gift offering, which we do in December, but for our Expand the Kingdom offering. And I just want to thank you, all of you, for being generous, for being faithful, for, uh, and this is, this is a, an offering and a commitment over this next 12 months, over and above your normal tithe giving that you return to God. So uh, on Palm Sunday, we did a first fruits offering of the Expand the Kingdom initiative. And uh, if, you, if you don't know what I'm talking about, we, we've, we're doing some special giving. You are being very generous and we're wanting to do some work on the building. We're wanting to close in our patio space. We're wanting to get rid of all of our uh, what little debt we have left. When we moved into the building, we had a little bit of debt buying furniture and fixtures, and so we want to get rid of all of that. And uh, about five things that we have identified, we're already working on the building at Cristo Victorioso. You got to go over there and see what they're doing. It's exciting to see what's happening there. So, um, <clears throat> are you ready? Uh, For our First Fruits offering on one Sunday, over and above tithes and offerings, you gave (laughs) $93,882. Hallelujah is right. Thank you. Thank you so much for being generous. And in addition to that, over the next 12 months, you have committed an additional... $227,000 to come in on a weekly or monthly basis. So all total, uh, between the offering and your commitments over the next 12 months, you've committed uh, $321,420. And I just want to thank you and praise God for you and for the ways he works in and through you to be so generous and accomplish expanding his kingdom here on earth in this community. That's what this is all about. So thank you for being so generous. I um, want to share a couple testimonies with you. We could be here all day. You could probably share your own testimonies of the way God is answering prayer. And the reason I want to talk about this is because we want to do we want to make a bigger deal out of prayer here. In fact, I'm going to start next week on a message series on prayer. We're going to learn how to pray his way. We're going to learn how to how to really dive into this thing of Conversing and relating and connecting to the heart of God and praying and listening to what He has to say to us. Uh, so, we're going to start that next week. I, I would also love, and we're, we're planning to start a 24 7 prayer room here in this building. If you want to be a part of that, let me know or let one of our prayer team know. Um, We'll start with probably doing a week at a time, running 24 hours a day for an entire week. The goal will be eventually to do uh, 24-7 prayer here in this building, 365 days a year. Wouldn't that be awesome to have that happen here in this place, and in in praying for, uh, for things all over the world, praying for the prayer needs you send in on a, on a weekly basis, and praying for all of the things that we need to be praying for, as well as listening to what God has to say to us. So if you want to be a part of that, let me know, or or one of our prayer team, uh, and and we'll talk more about that in the coming weeks. But let me give you some answers to prayer. Uh, I don't know how many of you, many of you know the James family. Um, I don't think they're here right this minute. Are you here? There you are. There's Mr. James right there, uh, representing the family this morning. Glad you're here. So I shared at 9 o'clock answers to prayer. Uh, Rafi James just turned 35, uh, has needed for a long time, he's needed a kidney and pancreas transplant. And we've been praying for him. He's been on dialysis as a young guy for 12 years or more, right? Uh, maybe 15. And um, several times he would go to Oklahoma City thinking that they had a uh, some kidneys needing both at the same time. And it would be uh, a false alarm. You would get there, it just wouldn't work out. Our intercessory team started to pray, lots of other people praying, and about a month ago, Rafi got the call, they rushed to Oklahoma City, and he was able to get a new kidney and pancreas, and we had dinner at the James House Wednesday night, a wonderful time of just lifting up praise and thanksgiving to our God who is a God who heals, right? He's in great condition, he's thanking you, all of you, for your prayer, for your, the ways you've supported him, wanted to share that with you. Uh, The Shaw family uh, called in and emailed in a few weeks ago and said, Please pray, intercessors, for our unborn grandchild who the doctors had just given a death sentence diagnosis to. Anybody ever have one of those or see one of those happen? Uh, That had just happened to them. Our intercessory team started praying. Lots of people around the country started praying. The next time uh, Mama went in to get some testing done to see what the progress is, the doctor says, I've never seen anything like this before. I'm seeing a miracle. The baby's perfect. Uh, Nothing wrong. Yeah, isn't that awesome? (laughs) Praise God. Um, People experiencing freedom, healing, uh, relationship, restoration. God is so good. I want to I want to continue to let you know when some of these things are happening so that we can thank God and praise Him together. Speaking of prayer, this coming Thursday night, there will be an all-city prayer meeting again. We're gathering together as a city to pray together on May 4th, Thursday night, 7 o'clock at Central Christian Church. If you haven't been a part of one of these yet, you've missed out, so don't miss out anymore. We'll want to gather together, pray for our country. It's National Day of Prayer, so we'll pray for our country, but we're mostly praying that God will revive the church and redeem the city. And that's what we're gathering together as one church in one location at one time to pray together. And so you won't want to miss that time on Thursday night at 7 o'clock. So that's some of the things happening uh, around here. And I wanted to take that family moment to give you a little bit of an update. Thank you for your faithfulness, for your prayer, for the way you give generously uh, as we gather together and serve God together in this place. Great to see the Gambinos back here. I see you back there. You guys are here. Uh, They've moved, but visiting back for the weekend. So great to see you guys this morning as well. Um, Let's talk. We have one more message in this series on what Christ people do. We've been in this series for a few months, actually. We've been walking through uh, week by week what it looks like to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. We've identified six characteristics of what a fully devoted follower of Christ does. What, what does that person look like? When you are fully devoted, what's happening in your life? And we've said these six things are going to be happening. We've been talking about that over the, over the last few months. We've said we worship God. We begin there. We begin by becoming a worshiper of the one true God. And then we connect to his heart, and we connect to the hearts of God's people, and then we begin to grow, and we grow into maturity so that we are become more and more like Christ. And then we serve with the gifts and the abilities that God has given us, and then we give generously as God is generous to us. We pass along. We're a conduit of his resources into his kingdom and in the ways he, he leads us to give. And then the last one we're just starting to talk about, Uh, Pastor Sam McVeigh was here last week talking about the Holy Spirit. We're talking again this morning about yielding to the leadership, the power of the presence, the way the the Holy Spirit wants to lead our lives. And what that requires for us is to yield to His leadership. And I don't think that really comes natural to any of us, does it? I mean, as human beings, we don't naturally yield our will to to people or even to God at times and if you don't believe that just you can watch our grandchildren i mean they don't even do it either so they're they're almost perfect in every way but they hate yielding their their little wills to their parents even our youngest one little mari 4 months old she has a will she tells people when she wants to eat and it better happen soon she's got a will she wants to Follow. So we, we don't naturally yield our will, do we? Are you with me? Isn't that true? So this one, but if unless we yield our will to the leadership of the Holy Spirit, none of the rest of this is going to happen either. We won't worship the way we're able to worship. We won't experience God in the ways that he leads us to experience him in, in relationships. I want to talk about that this morning. I want to talk about the person, the presence, and the power of the Holy Spirit and I, I just want to tell you personally I'm, I'm personally more and more excited about this every single day um, I am more excited about, about loving Jesus about receiving his love for me I'm more excited about being in a relationship that grows and becomes more and more mature every single day I realized this week that I've kind of gotten to that category of people where you know I'm, I'm in that stage of life let's say I started thinking about that this week. That means I've moved into sort of that category, that older, let's call it mature. And um, where, you know, if I wanted to, if I wanted to, I could figure out how to coast the rest of the way, right? I could figure out how to make myself comfortable and just kind of make it to the finish line, couldn't I? You understand what I'm saying? But I don't want to do that. I want to tell you, and I've, I've been saying to God, I want more of Christ, I want to love Jesus more, I want to yield to his leadership, I want more and more of him, I'm more and more in love with him every single day, and I don't want ever that, I don't, that ever to stop. That's where I am. I hope you are too. I hope that's, that's the experience you have with Jesus every single day. I want to get closer to him, I want to yield more and more of myself to his person, presence, and power as he leads my life. Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, he says, fan into the flames the gift of the Holy Spirit. He says, for this reason, Timothy, I remind you to kindle afresh. Your translation may be fan into flames. Kindle afresh the gift of God. He's talking about the Holy Spirit here, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. Again, I hope each one of you are making more and more every day the decision to yield your life to his leadership and his lordship so that you experience more and more of what he has for you. That's, why we're, that's what we're created for. That's what we were put on the planet to do. And uh, at the end of this message, if you haven't done that yet, you'll have an opportunity. You'll have a chance to respond to the Holy Spirit, to yield your will to His. I want to start back again one more time at Genesis 1. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis 1 with me. Let's look at the first two verses. We've looked at this passage a couple times in this series. But I want to go back to this again. We all are familiar with the first verse of the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2, it says and the earth was formless and void. The original language there says, it essentially says, the earth was chaos and devastation. Now, did God create chaos? No. Did God create devastation? No. So God has to come and rescue what's happening here. It says the earth was Chaos and devastation and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering, was moving over the surface of the water. Anybody here ever have moments or days or weeks or sometimes spread into months and years where you experience chaos and devastation in your life? Anybody ever have times in your life when it seems like it's dark and you can't seem to find the light? You ever have times like that? We all have, haven't we? Can't we all identify with that, right? We've all had those times. We've all experienced either moments, days, weeks, months, sometimes stretching into years. And that's why, that's why Jesus tells us we need the Holy Spirit. Because the same Holy Spirit that moved over the face of the earth and began to restore and reclaim and rescue and recreate and bring into order to a place where God said it was good and beautiful, the same Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that did that will move into your life and do the same thing in you. You agree with that? Everybody agree with that? It's true. It's true. If we'll let him. He's not going to move in and just take over without our permission he's a gentleman he wants to come as we invite him Jesus in John chapter 13 through 16 gives his 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 apostles his disciples what's called the last long conversation this is a place where he's He has an opportunity. He knows he's about to be crucified. He knows he's going to die. And so he has what's known as the last long conversation. Now, if you had an opportunity to have the last long conversation with your closest friends and family, just before you know you're going to die, you'd say to them the things that are most important to you, wouldn't you? You'd say the things that you want them to know. You'd say the things you want them to never forget. And that's what he does. He does. In this last long conversation, and in John 17, he prays that everything he's, he's been saying will come to pass. He prayed for you in John 17. If you, if you didn't know that, read it when you get home. He prayed for you and me in John chapter 17. So he has this long conversation. He meets them in the upper room in John 13. They celebrate the Passover together. And then 14, 15, 16, he tells them the things he wants them to know. In John 14, verse 16, he says this. I ask the Father, he's going to identify Son, Father, and Holy Spirit here. I ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. He may, that he may be with you forever. That is the Spirit of truth. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. Whom the world cannot receive because it doesn't see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. I just want to stop there and and point this out. It's it's one thing for the Spirit of God to be with you. It's another thing for the Spirit of God to be. Want say it with me? In you. In you. God can be with you, but not in you. And we invite Him to be in us. And this is the this is one of the greatest promises Jesus ever gave gave us. It's one of the best news he ever gives us, that he'll be in us. I don't know if you know this, but there are uh, sociological studies happening in our world today that tell us that we are today, in our, in our modern day, we are the loneliest people in the history of the world. Did you know that? Anybody identify with that? We're the loneliest people. Although we're, you know, we all can, can reach probably and grab our cell phone instantly, you don't leave home without it. Right, but so we're the most connected people ever, but we're the most isolated and lonely people ever. Isn't that amazing, that that's, seems to be true about us. Anybody ever watched the show Alone? Anybody ever seen that show on television? I, I haven't seen it myself. I had some friends tell me about it. Nobody's seen that show. No, 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 you know, nobody knows what I'm talking about. A couple, couple friends who told me about this show. <laughs> So here's the way this works. They take about a dozen people, and they put them out in the wilderness completely alone. Completely alone. They send cameras with them. And the person who can stay in the wilderness completely alone, longer than anybody else, wins a half million dollars. Now you want to sign up for the show, don't you? But the whole point is, people quit, people give up, because they can't take the aloneness They can't stand being alone. And that just makes sense, doesn't it? Because we're not designed to be alone. We're not designed to do life on our own. We're not designed, we're not created to be isolated or alone. And that's why Jesus says in John 14, 18, he says, I will not leave you as orphans. You see how personal he makes this for us? You see, he's saying, I want to adopt you. I don't want to leave you as orphans. I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm not going to abandon you. I'm not going to reject you. I'm not going to isolate you. I'm, going to, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I will come to you. See, within the Godhead, within the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, there's perfect oneness, there's perfect unity, there's perfect community. And what God did when he created us is he simply extended community, he extended oneness, he extended the kind of community that that exists between the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He simply extended that onto planet Earth. That's why it says he walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. They were constantly with him, constantly experiencing fellowship with him, constantly together, connected to the heart of the Father, until you get to Genesis 3. When you get to Genesis 3, when Adam and Eve align themselves with Satan, the enemy of God, the adversary, there's a separation, isn't there? And from that time on, it's the first time on the planet people experience rejection, loneliness, abandonment, fear, isolation. They start to hide out of fear. They start to become alone. It's not what God intended. We all could tell our abandonment stories. I I could tell you times when some of the people who have been closest to me have abused me, rejected me, abandoned me. We could all tell our own story. Couldn't we We all identify, at least to a certain extent, what it means to be alone? That's why Jesus makes this promise. He promised us that the Holy Spirit is going to be with us. He reminds us that he is not going to abandon us and leave us alone. We just uh, were watching in, on the news a uh, big snowstorm. Anybody have relatives in Colorado or western Kansas? Uh, big snowstorm right now it made me remember a snowstorm I went through in 1973. How many of you are alive in 1973? You can remember this. Hey, look at this. You remember a snowstorm? Did you have a snowstorm where you lived in April 9th of 1973 a day? I will never forget. Actually, three or four days. I will never forget. Living in Missouri. Of course, I was a little, I was only two. No, I'm just kidding. I was actually 10, and snowstorm started when we were in church that Sunday morning. We went home, and it, be, it developed into whiteout conditions. Anybody remember this? Whiteout conditions for three days. And during the middle of that storm, we were good concerned about our livestock who probably couldn't find water or food so my dad and I went out to see what we could do for them and at 10 years old I'm out there by myself and I got lost, I literally couldn't see anything in front of me, it was white I could, I could put my hand here and see it but if I put my hand out here I couldn't even see it. It, it it was terrifying and the wind's blowing and snow and it's cold and I'm like I don't even know where I am I can't find my way back but my dad had a very distinct, piercing, loud whistle. And he began to whistle for me because he knew I was lost. And he began to whistle, and I could hear his whistle above the howling of the wind and snow, and I began to walk toward that whistle. And I realized in that, I the best thing I'd ever heard in my life. I realized in that moment, I'm not alone. The Father is with me. And that's what God wants you to know. No matter how alone you may feel, you are not alone. The Father is with you. And he's calling out to you. And he wants you to hear his voice. And he wants you to come toward him so that he can be with you and you can be with him. So that he can be your God and you can be his son or his daughter. He doesn't ever want you to be isolated or alone. Let's talk about three things about the Holy Spirit. Person, presence, and the power of the Holy Spirit. He is our personal, number one, he is our personal teacher. It's important to know he is a person. He can't be personal unless he's a person. He has a personality He is a person. He's not a force. He's not just an idea. He's the person of the Holy Spirit, and he's our personal teacher. Jesus says in John 14, 25, again, in the middle of this very important, long, last conversation, Jesus says these things. These things I've spoken to you while abiding with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Jesus is saying, you don't have to worry about not remembering. If you have the Holy Spirit in you, I'll remind you. I'll teach you. I'll personally teach you what you need to know. He reminds us that remembering is very, very important. Remembering. Anybody ever uh, develop a a sport or an instrument or an ability and become an expert at it? You know, they tell us that it takes at least 10,000 hours to practice something before you become truly an expert. And even then, after you become an expert at something, it might be a sport, it might be playing an instrument, whatever it might be, even after you become an, an expert, you'll continue to have to practice the rest of your life to maintain your level of ability. Anybody know that? So many of you have become professional-level instrumentalists or, or sports people or whatever, whatever it is that you, that you do, whatever your discipline is, you've practiced it for 10,000 hours and you keep having to practice it. That's, what, that's, the, way, that's the way this works. I've been thinking about or I've been actually starting to learn to play guitar. And, and here's what I've discovered, that, that you can't just simply watch YouTube videos and learn to become an expert. I I wish I could take my phone and just play a YouTube video and just lay in my pillow, you know, and fall asleep. And in the morning, I'd wake up knowing how to play. But it doesn't work that way. I have to watch. I have to play. I have to practice. Practice, practice, practice learning to strum, learning different finger methods on the strings, learning the chords, learning the theory, learning how to play. It takes practice, 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 and without it, I'll never learn how to play guitar, no matter how many YouTube videos I watch. And That's what the Holy Spirit does for us. He comes to us, and he says, when I, when I get up in the morning, here's what I say to the Holy Spirit. I say, Holy Spirit, come and lead me. And you know what the Holy Spirit says? He'll say, Dennis, worship Connect, grow, serve, give, yield. Dennis, worship, connect, grow, serve, yield. Worship, connect, grow, serve, give, yield. Worship, connect, grow, serve, give, yield. Dennis, remember to do that all day long, every day. And when you're doing that, Dennis, Dennis, worship, connect, grow, serve, give, yield. As long as he's telling me and reminding me and teaching me, I'll become an expert at this thing called following Jesus. That's the way this works. I need the Holy Spirit to continually remind me. And the reality is, friends, we cannot, you and I can never become fully devoted followers of Jesus without the help of the Holy Spirit. It isn't possible. It doesn't matter how many times you come to church or life group or how many times you read the Bible, it'll never happen fully until you are allowed, allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and teach you and help you remember to be your personal teacher. That's the only way it's going to happen. It's the only way. My dad, uh, I think I've shared this with you before, is starting to have some pretty significant memory issues. So he and I now can have significant what I would call a significant conversation, but a few days later he won't remember it. But I was thinking about that this week and realized he's not the only one with a memory problem. I have a memory problem too. I don't always remember what God's told me. I need the Holy Spirit to remind me. I need the Holy Spirit to remind me when I get fearful or confused or frustrated or or it all snowballs from there. I need the Holy Spirit to remind me and teach me and coach me to be near me. I need the Holy Spirit to say to me, Dennis, don't be afraid, don't be worried, don't be anxious. No power of hell, no scheme of Satan can separate you from the love of God. I need the Holy Spirit to remind me what Paul says in Romans chapter 8 verse 38 when he says, "I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus." Our Lord, I need the Holy Spirit to remind me of that reality and that truth or I will become totally afraid and feel like I've been abandoned. Anybody else? Anybody else feel that way? We need him to be our personal teacher. Secondly, we need his presence in us to guide us. We need a personal guide, his presence to guide us. It's difficult to receive guidance long distance, isn't it? If you're going to guide or coach someone, it'd be difficult to do that long distance. We need his presence living in us so that his word, his presence, his love, his wisdom, his leadership will guide us, will teach us, will tell us, will guide us what to the places we need to know. Jesus said in John 16, he said, John 16 verse 12, he says, I have many more things to say to you. Sounds like a preacher, doesn't he? I, but time won't allow. I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when he said the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you. He will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will disclose to you <clears throat> what is to come. I need the Holy Spirit to guide me every single day, to show me, to coach me, to lead me into all truth, to guide me. And here's, here's the way this works the Holy Spirit will guide me and teach me how to worship. The Holy Spirit guides me and teaches me how to connect and guides me into connecting with other people. It isn't, it, sometimes we say we want to connect, but we don't do it, right? We need the Holy Spirit to help us do that, to show us how, to show us how to grow, to show us how to serve, to show us how to. Give, to show us how to yield to the Holy Spirit. We need a coach, a personal coach that will show us and help us experience that. And thirdly, we need to remember that His power makes all things possible. His power makes all things possible. You realize that the same power that lived in Jesus can live in you? The same power that lived in Jesus Christ that enabled him to do everything he did is the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, greater things will you do than I have done. The power that raised Jesus from the dead, we just celebrated that at Easter time. The power that raised Jesus from the dead is the power of the Holy Spirit. And he says, I will come and live in you. else amazed by that? It's amazing, isn't it? It blows your mind. to Try to wrap your mind around that reality. Jesus says in John 14, this great conversation, this last very important conversation he's having, he says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the, the works that I do, he will do also greater works than he will, these he will do because I go to the Father. I'm going to go to the Father. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. He's going to live in you, and he's going to lead you and empower you to do things you'd never imagined possible. Things that wouldn't be possible on your own, but nothing is impossible. He says in Matthew 19, 19, Matthew 19, 26, looking at them, Jesus said to them, with people, this is impossible, but with God, nothing, nothing is impossible. Do you believe that? Do you believe? Are we here today going, you know, I believe God can, but do we believe he can? going we'll to say it with me? Do we believe He will? A lot of us believe God can, but through us, do we believe He will? It's God's good pleasure to will and to work in you the same way He did in the Son Jesus Christ. When we lived in Florida years ago and our son Josh was five, he was always tall for his age. And um, we, I took him one day with a friend of mine and his sons. We all went to the water park there in Orlando, Florida. Josh was so excited. He was especially excited when he got to the water park and he realized that he was about a quarter of an inch above the line. You know the line I'm talking about? The line, you have to be taller than the line to be able to do all the rides that everybody else does. He was so excited. He said, Dad, I'm I'm big. I I can do all the big stuff. So every time he'd go, and people would look at him, and he'd stand up in the line and go, Look, I'm tall. I'm big. So we did all the park, the whole park, and we saved the biggest, scariest, I mean scary. For me, even. Scary. Because we saved the big one for last, you know, at the end of the day. It was a good thing Kathy wasn't there. Because it would have been a definite no, you're not doing that. We climb all the way up to the top of this slide and the way this works is you set on this edge and you essentially just kind of, you know, just jump and just, there's no turning back after that. You're just, and you're in the tube and you just and the water flowing through that tube just takes you through this tube. And then, it you know, you can't see this person anymore. You can hear him scream, but you can't see him. And, and you, you know, it goes through the tube, and then you dump out in the water. And so Josh had just learned how to swim. He was dog paddling. You know, he just, you know, that was his deal. And so I, got, I took him to the top. I had my friend and his two boys that were quite a bit older. They were going to wait in the pool below, you know. And so we had them all surrounded. And we got him up there, and he's just shaking. I mean, he's just scared to death. He wants to do it so bad, but he's scared. So I said, are you ready, Josh? He goes, are you sure? Uh-huh. And so down he goes, screaming like a little girl. You know, I can't see him, but I can hear him. I, I, I see him splash into the pool at the bottom. He goes under, and then there's a little blackhead, you know, pops up, he's dog paddling out of the pool. He gets to the edge of the pool, and the boys grabbed him and, you know, hauled him out of the pool. And they say, "What do you think?" He goes, "That was fun. Can I do it again?" So, as long as the park was open, we wore that tube out all day, the rest of the day. Josh, every time he'd go, he scared us. Yeah, you know, same deal every time. That's a lot like experiencing what God has for you. You know, it's amazing to me, isn't it, that we're afraid for some reason we're afraid. A lot of people are afraid. We 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 don't believe that God has what's best for us. That that if we allow him to fill us that he's going to lead us, that he's going to his power will push us through whatever situation we're with and that we're going to be surrounded by God's people and he's going to pull us out of whatever we end up in. And we will have had the ride of our lives. Somehow we don't believe that God's actually going to take care of us. So what I'm inviting you to do, even better what God's inviting you to do, is to take that step. Is to trust that he wants to, this is your chance to respond now, that he trust that he wants you To experience him. The Holy Spirit. As your personal teacher. That he wants you to experience him. As he guides you. With his presence. That you'll trust him. That you don't have to be powerful enough. That with God. Nothing. Is. Impossible that his power that knows no limit will live in you and empower you to experience the ride of your life. Sometimes it's going to make you scream. Sometimes it's going to be challenging, hard. <laughs> but you don't want to miss the ride. You don't want to say no to this. But as I said earlier, God's not going to force himself. <laughs> He's going to wait until you invite him to fill you, to lead you, to empower, to teach, to guide. So now is your chance. It's your opportunity to do that. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, thank you for this truth that you've given us. Thank you even more that you've given us the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we pray right now that you will come, that you'll lead us, lead us into all truth, that you'll come and lead us to experience all that you have for us, that you'll teach us, you'll guide us, you'll help us remember you empower us to live the lives that you have designed us to live from the beginning of time. Come and do what only you can do, we pray in Jesus' name, amen.